Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star for the final week of our Game Changer series. And we are so excited about all that's in store today. It's going to be a really, really fun day. I am just thrilled you guys made it. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule. So, would you do me a favor? Go ahead and take your, your Bible out. Turn to Matthew chapter 9 is where we're going to camp out this morning. Matthew chapter 9. If you got the little sermon note sheet, you can pull it out, do the QR code. It'll take you to the app. The easiest way to follow along is go to North Star Church, Georgia in the app store, and all the stuff is there, and it will it will get us where we need to go. It's going to be an awesome day, by the way, here at North Star. So we've already had a great crowd at 850, packed house at 1010. We've got those of you in the theater, those of you up in True North, those of you watching on the patio, and our big crowd watching online. Thanks so much for tuning in this morning. Uh, tonight at 5 o'clock, we're going to gather for our homecoming picnic. It's going to be awesome and we're going to gather all around this building. I have read the weather reports. It's dropping 30 degrees at 5 o'clock. It's going to be like 60 at 5 o'clock. It's going to be great. And then we're going to eat for a little while. I'm going to walk by, see whatever you got to eat, and piddle out of your food. And then at 6 o'clock, we're going to gather over by the springs between Compass and True North, and we're going to watch around a hundred people be baptized tonight. Isn't that going to be awesome? It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a fun night. And I'm telling you, I don't know, I don't, what else are you doing in Ackworth and Kennesaw all tonight? So there's no reason not to be here, all right, tonight. The Braves are going to win. Don't worry about it. The Falcons, we don't know if they'll win or lose, but they're not playing. So it works out good. So Matthew chapter 9. Every team, Jeff nailed it. Every team knows that you practice and you work and you drill and you position and you do all that so you can take the field. That's, that's why you do it. It's why you do spring training. It's why you do fall camp and football. It's why, I don't know what soccer and lacrosse do, but it's why you get ready, right? I mean, it's the whole point of getting ready to take the field. Every player thinks it's too long. Every coach thinks it's too short, right? There's not enough prep time. We're not ready. We got, we got some more work to do. And every kid's like, we practice once. We're ready, right? I mean, that's just sort of how kids are wired. But the goal of it is to take the field. That's the whole point. It's why you do off-season. It's why you do workouts. It's why you do all the things that you do is to turn the kids loose, to get on the field, and to go and take care of business. That's why you do it. And here's what I'm going to tell you. It's not only why teams do it, it's what Jesus had in mind in this passage today. Jesus is in his ministry now. Matthew records the story. And Jesus lays out for his disciples what matters. Would y'all stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together? Matthew chapter 9. Let me tell you where what's gotten us here, okay? At the beginning of Matthew 9, you see Jesus forgiving and healing, paralyzed guy. You see also in Matthew 9, the calling of Matthew, who wrote this book. Matthew was a tax collector. You see Jesus calling Matthew out. You see him raising a dead girl and healing a sick woman. You find him 
find Jesus healing the blind and the lame. That's what's gotten us here. These guys are watching Jesus do it. So his disciples are tagging around. They're hanging out with him. They're watching all this happen. And this, I guarantee you, if you were to go back and ask the disciples post-life interview, what moments do you remember the most? They would recount a few that I think they would all agree on. I think this would be one of them. Matthew chapter 9, we're going to start reading in verse 35, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. So Jesus is teaching, he's doing his work, and he's telling the good news about the kingdom. Basically, here's the good news about the kingdom. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So that's the good news of the kingdom. He's there going, I am the embodiment of how God feels about you. And they're doing their thing in the community. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. So everywhere Jesus went at this point, we know he didn't heal everybody, but this point in this story, he's healing all diseases and all illnesses. Can you imagine the crowd of people that he gathered around him. If I had heard Jesus had healed someone and brought them back from the dead, if my elbow's hurting, I'm fine at him. You know what I'm talking about? And so there's a lot of people that are gathered up around Jesus. But I think in this moment, if you and I had been there, there was a pause. Because something interesting happens. There's like a shift in the story, verse 36, when he, what's the next word? When he saw the crowds, time out real quick. He had been healing, he had been working, yes or no? Had Jesus seen the people, yes or no? Yes, what's the difference? I think he saw them and I think he saw them. There's a shift. When he saw the crowd, I think we have the eyes of our head and I think we have the eyes of our heart. When he saw the crowd, look at what it says next. He had what on them? What's it say? Compassion. It's like he's doing it and then all of a sudden, he looks up, and I don't think it was for Jesus. I think it was for the disciples. He saw them. It's really interesting, the transition he makes here, because they were confused and helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. He saw them and knew this. They aren't going to make it by themselves. They're like sheep. Sheep are dumb, sheep are dependent, and sheep are defenseless. The number one way you and I are portrayed in Scripture is sheep. Congratulations, all right? And so, well, they just ain't gonna make it without a shepherd. They're not, gonna, they're not gonna do well without a shepherd. He saw them, he had compassion on them because they were sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, he sees them and then he turns back to his guys and he says, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. 
Some versions say the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ready. But the problem's the workers. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers in the fields. That's what we're going to talk about today. Would you pray with me? Right where you're standing today, would you say, God, just right where you are, just talk to him. Would what breaks your heart break my heart today? God, may what breaks your heart break my heart. God, speak to us. God, I pray we walk out changed. Father, we live in a selfish world. God, may we see people the way that you do today. And Father, that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. For your city, turn around, find somebody around you, welcome them to North Star, would you? What's so fascinating about this story is Jesus, at the end of the story, sends them out. He sends out the 12. So Matthew was like the final piece. He was the final pickup disciple, and they send him out. He's like, all right, guys, you've seen it. Now go do it. Take the field. I'm not going to be with you all the time. Go. Do your thing. Take the field. Go, Go and live this out. See, at Nordstrom, I think it's easy to see game day as Sunday because that's sort of when we all gather. I don't think Sunday's game day. I think Sundays are the day we, got, we come back together and we remind ourselves of what's important. You know what I think game days are? Monday to Saturday. I think that's game day. Nordstrom is a church that doesn't believe it's all about who's here. I believe it's all about who's not here in our community and world. How many of you would say, I know at least one person that doesn't know the Lord? Raise your hand. Yeah, me too. What did Jesus want his disciples to get? I think there were three things, ready? Pen, pencil, thumbs, whatever you got today, I want you to write these in. Number one, here we go. See, he wanted them to see. He wanted them to see people like he saw them, like sheep without a shepherd. Sheep without a shepherd get lost. And they can't protect themselves. They're defenseless. So you hear the phrase around church, lost people. What it means is, without a shepherd, we get lost. It's like a, it's like a child that gets away from their parent. They get lost, they don't, they don't have a sense of direction. It's like a dog that, or an animal that gets off a leash. I don't know what animal you put on a leash other than a dog, but anyways, I've never seen a cat on a leash, but anyway, so you put a dog on a leash, the dog gets away, the dog wanders off. It's like me without maps, right? I mean, I don't know where I'm going, I'm wandering, right? It's what happens. Jesus said, I want you to see them. Well, the easiest thing in our world 
is to see whose need, ours or others. Which one? Ours. How many of y'all have a need you could name really quick? Raise your hand. Yeah, me too. Hardest part is seeing others. Why? Because I got my eyes on me. The hardest part is remembering while we sit in this room, there are sheep wandering in our community without a shepherd. They don't know what you know. They don't understand what you understand. See them. It literally means that Jesus was moved down to his gut. He hurt in a place. Why? I want you guys to get this. And if you're writing little notes, I want you to write this thought in. Because he didn't just see the problem. He saw their plight. And he felt it. He felt what they were going through. He, in his gut, knew that feeling. The longer we exist as a church, the easier it is to forget how to see. Jesus is telling his disciples, guys, if we're going to take the field, before you get out in the field, here's what I'm telling you, you got to see like I see. We live in a world that does not look like this. We live in a world that sees with these eyes, but not with these eyes. We've had a picture of this for the past 25 years at North Star. We've had a member of our team that has modeled this better than anybody else I know for 25 years. I want to invite up to the stage today two of my favorite people in the world, Marsha and DeWitt James. Would y'all come on up? Would y'all welcome them to the stage this morning? This is a tough day because Marsha is retiring. It's not fair. But anyways, Marsha is retiring. Her and DeWitt are moving to Indiana to be near their daughter for now. They haven't experienced winter in Indiana, but that's a whole nother deal. 25 years. You guys know Marsha as the lady who's coordinated all our missions here for the, long, how long, how many years now? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. It's been, it's been a while. But prior to that, Marsha was our children's director here at North Star. Here's what I will tell you about Marsha James. Faithful, loyal, dependable, consistent, friend. Marsha's been through North Star with our biggest days, and Marsha's been through North Star with our worst days. And she has served the world faithfully. Would y'all put that picture up again of Marsha? This is a picture that's etched in my brain of Marsha. Marsha has the ability to see with the eyes of Jesus, which are these eyes. I will never be able to convey how much this couple means to me. I've stood in their home many times, taught a Bible study when she was an elementary school teacher to other elementary school teachers. They are the picture of living sin. 
How many of you have been on a mission trip with Marsha? Raise your hand. Look around the room. And then there's DeWitt. DeWitt's greeted you at doors. DeWitt, my image of DeWitt James was at North Cobb High School when they had a skid steer in the hallway during construction back in 98. They were always under construction back then. Back in 98, and they had left mud all through the hallway. And I remember 5.30 a.m., DeWitt James mopping the floor. So when the kid, when the parents came down the preschool hallway, it would look as good as it could look. I've seen DeWitt here at 4.30 in the morning driving teams to the airport. Marsha James and DeWitt James are Hall of Famers here at North Star. And today... Today, we get to watch them go. And I'm going to tell you something. They're big shoes to fill. Because they see people like Jesus saw them. Would y'all join me in a word of prayer over Martian DeWitt today? Father, I don't have words. I'm going to miss these two. sending them to us. The world knows Jesus better because of Marsha James' passion. And God, I can't think of Marsha without thinking of DeWitt. Thanks for the team that they are. Thank you for the mark that they've made. And Father, thank you for the difference for eternity because they see like you see. God, I bless them today. I pray over them today and I pray in this next new season of life that it's rich and full. And God, I pray they never forget North Star's always home. And God, I bless them today and I pray over them today and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you guys join me today and let Marcia and DeWitt know how thankful you are for them? Best of the best. You guys can be seated. Y'all don't have to listen to me again. All right, I know it's not your final part here at North Star. So I remember Marsha and so many of the places go, that we've went and gone and served. And I have great memories of that. And I also remember Marsha being in the airport going, I can't find my phone anywhere. And she was on it. All right, I do remember that too. So that's, that's always a memory I hold on to. But they are. So next Sunday, in between every service, we're going to be doing a get-together for Marsha and DeWitt for you to come by, hug their necks, tell them how much you love them. Guys, they're leaving big shoes here. 25 years we've served together. And they are the best of the best. And one of the reasons that Marsha's so unique is she sees like not this, she sees like this. But the second thing Jesus told them was to pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send workers. He didn't pray for the harvest. 
He said, pray to send workers into the harvest. I want to tell you something today. You've been prayed for by somebody somewhere that you would be one of those workers. Well, Mike, I, I'm really just at North Star to just have a seat and to enjoy it. We need your seat if that's why you're here. I need you to go work. Why? Because our world needs Jesus. Can we agree with that? Mike, I don't know if our world needs Jesus. Cut on the news, all right? And so the world, the world needs Jesus more than I believe it's ever needed Jesus. We see, we pray. Number three, we go. We see, we pray, we go. I love how Jesus had asked him to send more workers into these fields. Well, my guy, I don't know what this looks like. I'll give you a picture. <clears throat> so at a lot of churches, and this is not a bad thing or a good thing, but at a lot of churches, they'll say, we're going to serve our community, and they'll pick two days a year, and they'll do big days. And those are, that's awesome. We pick days here at Nordstrom 2. There's 365 of them. And we go serve. 365. Why? Because people that don't know Jesus need to know. That's why we serve our schools. I can't tell you how many times I'm somewhere and I'm like, how did you find out about Nordstrom where you were? North Star grilled out at my school, or they served in a concession stand, or they opened up their building. Let me use here a million things like that. So we go. We go. Well, Mike, I sure am glad there's people there that do it. No, you're the answer to somebody's prayers to go do it. Do you ever think there's a grandma in Iowa who's praying for their grandson or granddaughter that just moved to this community that they would meet you? We go. We are here today because 25 years, 26 years ago now, there was a group of people that went, I know we're not here for us. We are here for those that don't know yet, and we're going to go, and we serve this community, and we believe we serve our global community, and we go. What would happen if a group of people really believed this to be true? What would happen if half of the people that attend today, which is a lot, went, I'm taking Jesus at his word. Is it scary? Yeah. But it's fun. It's why you practice. It's why we do Sundays. We do Sundays to get ready for days like this. And we are praying for you. I'm praying you're not happy anymore just sitting and watching. But you're like, I'm going to serve. I'm going to do something. I want everybody to reach under your chair, would you? There's a little card 
under your chair. It looks like it's everybody reach under and grab it. It looks just like this. It's black on one side, white on the other. It has a QR code. I want you to take this some point today. I want you to scan it. There are 50 opportunities coming up to go and serve. We literally serve every day of the week. There is something going on. We're feeding a high school group of teachers. We're serving the senior center in Ackworth. We're doing buddies on the weekends for special needs kids. There, there is literally something you and your family can go do. And there's also missions. We have a trip coming up to the DR. They've got a few more spots on it. It's a construction trip. Well, Mike, I'm not good at construction. I've gone on two types of mission trips, construction and medical. If any of y'all know of my abilities in construction, you will know I had zero to offer. But you know what I can do? I can carry something. One of my highlights of my life was all I could literally do on the medical trip was walk people from one spot to another. So they, they, had met, they had dental, they had medical, medical doctor, and then they had optometrist on this trip. And my job was to walk people to all the different places. I want you guys to get this. I got to watch a lady whose eyes had crusted over, who thought she'd gone blind because of all the sun in Haiti. I got to watch her go to that optometrist and I walked her, literally this little old lady, I walked her around all day. She goes to optometrist and she comes out and she can see. I got to be there. I was the first thing she saw. <laughs> you know, she's like, Lord, I appreciate you being there, but you could have done better than that, right? I mean, that's, that's what she's thinking. I got to experience that. In November, I'm going to be down in the Dominican on, a, on another trip with another group teaching baseball to kids in the Dominican. But not teach the game of baseball. Teach them about who Jesus is. I'm telling you, I would not be who I am in my faith today if I hadn't have done this. I had to take the field. And I was a Christian for a long time before I went on a mission trip. I got way more people to go on mission trips and I wouldn't go on one because I was nervous. And I remember Marsha going, Mike, it would be really good if you would go too. I'm like, Marsha, stay in your lane. All right, don't go, <laughs> get in my lane now. And I remember finally going, it's the best thing I ever did. I'll never not do it again. How many of you are raising kids? Raise your hand. We took our daughter her, after her senior year in, before her senior year. And I had a great little girl growing up. But she grew up in West Cobb. A lot of privilege here. She saw what it was like to grow up without a mom and a dad. I didn't have to tell her. 
And I watched a little girl who had thought more about herself than everybody else begin to see with these eyes, not just with these eyes. I'm telling it changes. She would tell you right now, it changed her life. She went down a little brat from West Cobb. You know what I'm talking about? And she came home a different person. It changed her whole life. There's opportunities for you to go out with your kids coming up. Here's what I'm telling you. This isn't Mike's idea. It's not a good idea. It's Jesus's idea. Take the field. Why in the heck do we practice if we ain't going to play? Pray to the Lord of the harvest. The harvest is ready. But the workers are few. You got your uniform? You got your call? You got your assignment? That could be a game changer. Would you pray with me? Father, may we never get over the call of Jesus on our lives to go. Father, I know this. The greatest fulfillment will never come from a service in one of our rooms. The greatest fulfillment is going to come from being in a place where it's just you and us. Then all of a sudden, we get it. And that's what I pray for now. God, I pray for revival to come. Because of people who go. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.